and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian. I'm your host for this week, Farmers Guardian editor Ben Briggs. Don't forget, you can subscribe on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Well, finally, most of us are getting out and about again, and the Prime Minister's announcement that the restrictions on our daily life will end on July 19th in England will be welcomed by many. For agriculture, it's been a strange 16 months as the industry, at odds with the rest of the economy, has seen its fortunes rise. One area that did not escape, however, was the show scene. But with life edging back to normal, some events have taken place this summer, with Devon's show and Great Yorkshire show in the past week, and all eyes are on the autumn show calendar and, of course, the Lammer event at the NEC in January 2022. But last week... More than 100 farms did open their gates as part of Leaf's Open Farm Sunday, a key date in the diary that helps to connect consumers with food and farming. And with what seems like a greater appreciation of farming, thanks in part to the pandemic, and of course to Jeremy Clarkson's farming escapades, which three non-farming friends were telling me about with great vigour last night, the timing couldn't have been better. So, how did those opening their doors to the public fare? Jez Fredenberg has been finding out more. Hello everyone, it's Jez Fredenberg here and just over a week ago thousands of people visited farms up and down the UK as part of the Leaf Open Farm Sunday, the first one since the pandemic began. So were visitors still as keen to come as normal and how did farmers handle it? I'm joined by mixed arable and sheep farmer Anne Mayer Chapman from North Northumberland and Rebecca Dawes, part of the LEAF team and Jane Craigie Marketing, which has been helping get the message out about the day. So Anne, it was your your first Open Farm Sunday. How did it go? Uh, It was fantastic. So uh, yes, Jez, it was our first um, time hosting um, and it was just just brilliant. We had um, planned to keep it really, really small. Uh, which worked very well for us. We just invited our um, our boys' local rugby club. Um, the response was absolutely, it was just great. So we actually had 54 people booked. And on the day we took, um, we, we had 60 people in total on a lovely farm walk, pretty informal, bring a picnic. And the weather was tremendous. So no, it, it went really, really well. Um, that's that's really good to hear. Really positive, Re- Rebecca. How did it go nationally? You know, how many how many farms got involved this year compared to normal? Given given you know the current situation with with pandemic, and how many visitors actually turned up? Yeah. Hi, Jess. Um, so it was a really really amazing success. Um, I think after sort of the trials and tribulations in the weeks before with things like the COVID communications changing we weren't sure really what to expect even two or three weeks um, prior to Leafo Farm Sunday but we had just over 100 farms open but we actually had more events than 100 because many of the 100 farmers that took part did multiple events so for example on the Saturday and the Sunday or they might have done um, in the evenings leading up to Open Farm Sunday um, I think many of us think once your farm's tidy you might as well open up and uh, welcome more public onto the farm if you can and collectively the farms that opened had just over 15,000 visitors which is phenomenal really in a year when we weren't sure what to expect the smallest of our events had 10 visitors um, but the ma- the majority were around about the sort of 30 mark um, and just did simple farm walks that, that sounds really nice and maybe it created a completely different type of experience like a much more intimate experience perhaps where people were able to really 
talk to the talk to the farmers. I mean, have you have you had any um, any comments back from visitors about how they experienced it this year? Yeah, certainly the the vibe and the feedback that we've had, and, and we do do a feedback survey um, with visitors, was very much around the fact that this year they had a really intimate experience. They got to spend a great deal more time perhaps with the farmer because quite often if you've got a bigger number of people you meet the farmer when you arrive but then you're meeting other volunteers on the event uh, during the day but certainly they felt it was very intimate they got a really good experience they enjoyed the, the farm walk because they got to see different aspects of the farm that perhaps they would normally have seen they felt very safe um that's one thing that's come through that that the, the social distancing and the sapping uh, the track and trace qr code and the sanitizing the hands they felt safe and they they enjoyed being out in the countryside that's really positive isn't it and and what about you you, you know you said you obviously had a, a limited number of people through a booking system were you able to spend time talking to some of those people on on the farm walk and you know what was their reaction to being on your farm yeah i think that was the the main um point of us hosting uh, was to keep it uh, intimate in the, in the first place. Um, and we did um, actually organise it in such a way we had a, a welcome point just outside the car park area in one of the fields and then they had to come through there into the yard um, and we all welcomed them there. So um, we had a, a sort of a display table set up uh, with um, end produce, some green crops, some grain, sample wools and, and little talking points. Um, and we also had all our, our uh, notice boards and all the signage and, and bits and bobs that you need there as well. So if one of us was busy, there was always someone else to speak to. So we made a, a real point of welcoming everyone um, who, who actually attended. And I think that made it feel much more personal. I just get the feeling if more people did that, farmers became a little bit less scary or imposing. Um, I do feel that the public's perception would just would just change entirely um i think we've got to open up more farms i think we've got to become more transparent and if it is a case of uh, encouraging more farmers to do so uh on a, you know on this one day a year open up meet the public speak to the public tell them your story i think it's gonna it, it, it will make a massive difference uh, i'm wondering did you have any any nice sort of exchanges with uh, with children that came onto the farm? You know, did you get any nice questions and things like that? Yes, we always get uh, we always get lovely questions from the kids, um, and one of them in particular is we we do a display with the um, life cycle of grain, I suppose. So there is sample grain sitting there, uh, wheat, barley, and oats, um, and then we have the the green crop which we've pulled in the morning to to show them what it looks like when it's growing. Um, and then we have a basket, uh, you know, an old-fashioned wicker basket that you used to go shopping with, filled with produce con- containing what they're what, what they're seeing and touching and feeling. And the surprise look on some of their faces when you pull out something like a Mars bar or Maltesers, uh, and they kind of look at you and think, mm, well, that didn't come from a field. And you're like, well, yeah, but definitely did. <laughs> so the surprise when they, when they realise that part of that ingredient's of something that they enjoy eating and they, they consider a sweet treat from foreign places, um, you know, does actually relate to, to what they're seeing in front of them is, is pretty cool because that's, yeah, they, they don't believe you until, they, <laughs> until you show them the ingredients, which is quite fun. Making that connection, isn't it? I mean... It uh, is. Yeah, absolutely. Re- Rebecca, what do you think this this year in particular, has it been 
more important or has the, has the time been more of the essence I guess to to make that connection because obviously you know we know that Covid has uh, has got people outside a lot more enjoying the countryside a lot more thinking about lo local um, food and and who is around them a little bit more. Yeah I think it probably was the perfect year in in some respects because whilst as you say there was the challenges and that should never be um, underestimated I think there was a bigger connection and, and certainly I've um, heard feedback from those that did take part about connecting with their community there's been you know a greater surge in buying local food or buying food from um, your local butcher that might deliver it to you or your local greengrocer for example but not necessarily actually seen where that food is produced because you haven't been able to get out and about over the last 18 months, for example. And this was an opportunity for the for the public, I suppose, the visitors to go and see where that food was produced, but also meet the people that were basically feeding them for the last 18 months when they've, they've struggled to either get to a supermarket or, or get to the local shops or the farm shop. So I think there's been a greater surge from that perspective. But I also think it's, it's now with much more focus from the farming perspective on the environmental schemes and all the work that farmers are doing around IPM and to preserve the countryside it's become such a big political campaign that LEAF and everything LEAF stands for but everything that Open Farm Sunday has been trying to deliver for the last 15 years and is is continuing to do fits very nicely with what's coming in the political agenda and, and I'm not sure even now the visitors still understand or or when they're reading in the newspaper well what does IPM mean how are we and why are we leaving land to preserve it for wildlife and bugs and birds it's that opportunity for them to connect to what they see in their garden you know the bird that's flying through their garden has also flown through hundreds of acres of, of field lands it's that connection and I think that's more important than probably it ever has been. Do you, do you see the, the types of, of events and activities and things like that at Leaf, you know, off Open Farm Sunday? Do you see those changing according to that and, and becoming, with, you know, having much more of a focus on the environment? Um, I do. We've, as a family, um, we host as well as um, my role support in Leaf and we've been involved ever since it launched. And I, over those 15 years, I have seen huge changes in that there is much more around, for example, um, you know looking at what birds are on farm or looking in the soil and trying to identify worms and worm banks all of the the aspects around the environment I think have become a greater focus on farm even your rotation and, and the integrating livestock into arable rotation and why that's important for preserving soil health or looking at how um, the weather plays such a big impact for example on crop growth and you know, there was a big focus from one of the farmers that took part this year in terms of, well, the 2019 wet weather, how did that impact the quantity of wheat that he could produce? And in turn, how many loaves of bread did that reduce on the shelves from, from his production? So I think even um, demonstrating the impact of things that are out with farmers' control has helped change the type of approach that maybe farmers have to their, their Open Farm Sunday events. And, and I mean... Did did you though, from your perspective though, with connecting back to consumers, were you surprised by anything? You know, did you have any conversations where you felt you learned something as well about your customers essentially? Basically, they were all very, very interested in what we were doing. And going back to what Rebecca was saying about the environment and then the the public trying to making that connection between what the farmers actually do to preserve 
and to encourage. We did actually invest in some of the um, the leaf farm boards for, for the farm walk, which really helped just uh, drive the message home about, about what we're doing. So dotted about the farm walk uh, and there were various questions um, on those when they when they come back to the uh, when they come back to the welcome area. So they're a fantastic resource to just they'll be up actually all the time now. We're, we're not we're not taking them down because part of the, the farm walks on a, a bridal way. So we will leave those actually in situ. I guess the key question is are you going to do it again next year? Yes, definitely. Uh, whether it's on a slightly different um, walking route, taking in different areas, uh, we've got a few different things to show people. So uh, one way or another, we will be doing it. That's brilliant. And what would you say to any farmer listening in who, who maybe hasn't done it yet and is, is kind of sitting on the fence and maybe a bit unsure about things, particularly, like you said, it is a lot of work. Um, you know, what would you say to them? Uh, that was pretty much us to start with. <laughs> I was sitting on the fence going, oh, well, I won't I. Uh, and then we had a quick conversation, uh, myself and, and dad and, and mum, and we just went, look, let's do it. Let's do it so we can control it, um, which we did by inviting just a specific group. Um, so that's a fantastic way to do it to start with, where you can limit the numbers straight off. Um, we operated the tri-booking system as well, which was incredibly easy. Um, encouraged absolutely everyone to book, um, uh, which they did, all of our six people. So you, you've got a visibility of, of who's coming um, right up until um, the, the morning of the event. And I would say keep it simple. So operate it within something you are comfortable with. So this made us very comfortable. We knew we had beautiful scenery. We knew had a partial bridal way and then the appeal of taking them off the bridal way and onto one of our fantastic viewpoints, looking over onto uh, College Valley and the Cheviot. So we knew we had some interest, even if it was just come and have a spend, spend a day in beautiful countryside. We also encouraged people to bring picnics uh, and shut off one of the, the hill fields, remove the livestock from there. Uh, and, and encourage people to go and picnic in that field, which was just fantastic view back over to uh, the East Coast. And it literally, on the day, apart from meeting, I mean, it basically run itself. The, the few days before were spent clearing uh, the walkways and the routes, putting up some signage uh, and making sure we were happy with what we had in situ um, to, to greet the public. There were obviously some, some extra measurements for uh, the COVID restrictions, um, hand washing stations, sorry, hand sanitizer on, on each gate after, after they touched a gateway. So I would say be organized uh, the few days before, even in the weeks leading up to it like we were, and keep it within the limits that you're comfortable with. So something start small. Um, and I think the more people that would start small, would be encouraged to run it again the next year, just slowly increasing it within what they're comfortable with. I think that's the main the main message. Some really good advice there. Rebecca, have you got any tips to add to that? Um, I think Anne's comment about uh, trying not to overcomplicate it is a really good one. I, we quite often hear, and certainly we did when we first opened, you, you think you don't have a lot to show. And I think as farmers, we take for granted what we we have on farm we don't mean to but we don't realize um even you know looking at feed that we we give our livestock how that has um 
a real interest to the general public. I tell this story quite often, but one of our very first Open Farm Sundays, I uh, showed a child cake um, for for cattle, and she was so excited that we were going to feed birthday cake to these um, these cattle. And it wasn't until I explained and I really thought about the the terminology that cake was a, a, a nut, an animal feed. And I think one of my my top tips is not to take for granted those those amazing things that we have on farm and the uh, the tools that we have around us are really valuable for demonstrating what we do on farm things have moved on so much in terms of technology and science and even just showing what's inside a tractor and how advanced they are now in terms of what they can monitor from a precision technology point of view it's super fascinating to to all sorts of of ages and we quite often hear stories of young people that have gone to an open farm Sunday and then decided to invest a career in, in agriculture. When they come on farm, you, you never quite really know the impression you're going to make. But by showing all the various different elements that you do on a normal day it is, is so important. One of the things I think for us that's the most important element is that they are coming to see the farmer. And we always make sure that there's time where, whether it's a, a farmer question time. So uh, my dad will actually sit down every hour on the hour and do a farmer question time. And we put some bales of straw out and children and families can sit down and ask him some questions because they know that he will be there at that, that point. I, I think, love that. That's such a great idea. I can just imagine your dad doing that. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's great fun. I, I think um, sometimes he's not sure which which person's going to ask the hardest question, the five-year-old child or um, the slightly older gentleman or lady that sat around it. But um, it's such a good way of, of making sure that he gets those connections with the visitors and not just leaving them to it. But at the same time, we do have a range of experiences and, and activities that are self-manned so collaboration is so important in open farm sunday and if anybody is thinking about it for next year you know don't hesitate to start thinking about talking to local farmers or local organizations now for example um we'll get the local machinery ring to come down with some tractors so they can see different variations but we'll also invite um the local nursery school to come and they do a a story time in the corner of one of our sheds and just read a, a story that links to farming that all, that all sounds brilliant. Um, some really great tips. I'm, I'm glad it all, all went well, Anne, and um, it sounds like a lot of, lot of fun and lessons were had throughout the country. So a really worthwhile event as usual. And we'll look forward to, to next year's then. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks both. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. And of course, if you're interested in taking part in Open Farm Sunday next year and finding out what's involved, you can go to farmsunday.org. Thanks to Jez and great to hear from Anne and Rebecca. Taking these opportunities to engage with the public are absolutely key and communicating farming story is a big part of Farming Can and 24 Hours in Farming, both of which are campaigns run by Farmers Guardian which demonstrate farming's wider contribution in terms of caring for the environment, delivering for the economy, as well as providing safe, nutritious food for the nation. As ever, you can find out more on these stories and on Farming Can and 24 Hours in Farming at fginsight.com. Well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the new episodes of Over the Farm Gate. Until next week, from us at Farmers Guardian, thank you for listening, goodbye for now, and of course, good luck to England against Denmark this week, if you're of a certain persuasion. Goodbye. <laughs>